Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. Uh, what date is it? It's the 8th of June, so not too far away from being halfway through the year. I'm joined by Ben Laidler. Ben, how are you? Yeah, good. Honoured to be back yet again. This is I know. becoming a sort of regular thing. I mean, Josh, Josh needs to watch out. I know. The hat trick has been completed in a row. The free peak. Um, yeah, Josh, where are you? Where are you? That's what the fans are all shouting. But Ben is is yeah, yeah is cementing your place as a regular fixture right now. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I want this to last or not, but I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it for the moment. That's it, enjoy it for the time being. Well, look, on the podcast today, I think we can talk about the the sort of Chinese or potential Chinese equity recovery. We can talk about the electric vehicle gap between China and US. I think there's some interesting points there, and also we got to talk about whether energy prices are going to threaten the potential inflation fall as we head into the US inflation number at the back end of this week. Sounds like we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, big one ahead. Um, okay, so to begin this week, first up, let's talk about China uh, a little bit. So how do you, you see things out there at the moment? I mean, look, it wasn't an easy start to the year for many equity markets, but China in particular felt the pressure more than others. Are we starting to see some positive signs of recovery? And if so, how do you see this impacting broader financial markets? Right. So you know, our broader view on markets is that oh, they've obviously been under some pressure. And our narrative from here is not that things all of a sudden become wonderful, but they just become a little bit less bad. And China is a big, big part of that. Um, you know, as you said, China's been a, you know, performed very poorly last year, very poorly sort of this year. But I think now, crucially, it's switching from being a drag on markets to a positive surprise. Uh, Chinese equities are up, you know, double digit from their recent lows. Uh, The economy is reopening after its zero COVID sort of lockdowns. Uh, It's the only country in the world uh, that is really able to cut interest rates. Everybody else is rising, is is raising them. But, you know, China basically has no inflation. Um, And the government's announcing new spending plans uh, to help Uh, some of their hard-pressed sectors like housing and like autos. Uh, And they even seem to be sort of starting to back off on the sort of regulatory crackdown that we saw on on, on the tech sector. So, you know, all this is definitely less bad news. uh, And, you know, it matters, you know, not only for China, but for the whole world. I mean, this is the world's second largest economy. It's the biggest commodity importer. Uh, It's the biggest uh, manufacturer in the world. Um, and, and that makes it just a huge, huge market for you know, a lot of other people, right? If you're a commodity exporter, if you're a luxury good maker, uh, this is probably your biggest, um, your biggest market. So, um, you know, China sort of coming in from the cold, um, perking up a little bit, has, you know, real global ramifications and is really a, a sort of key foundation of our sort of broader narrative of the outlook from here just becoming, you know, a little bit less bad and that helping support, um, you know, global markets. Yeah. And, and I guess there's a few ways people can play this. There's the smart portfolios, of course, that 
are China related. And I was looking at the Hang Seng yesterday and that's off its lows quite considerably now and it's had a, a decent rally. So there are a few ways people can play that move. And yeah, hopefully that less bad news does continue and the zero, poli- zero COVID policy becomes a, a, a thing of the past. Um, okay, next up for us, the next subject to, to talk about, and I guess in some way actually does link to to sort of follow on from the China stuff we've been talking about is, is electric vehicles. So we've had various investment options here as well for people on the Toro platform. Should that be something that they're interested in? But, but let's discuss the gap between China, who are dominating sales right now versus whether it be Europe or, or the US. You know, can this be closed? Can the US catch up? Can Europe catch up? Are there opportunities out there, whether that be in these smart portfolios or even for some of these specific stocks? Yeah, so I think there are two gaps, so to speak, out there. One is the gap between stock price performance and sort of underlying reality of what's going on in this sector. You know, EV stocks, EV shares have been very weak in recent months. Uh, and But this is despite, you know, the underlying fundamentals. When you look at the data, you know, electric vehicle sales around the world are booming. Uh, they're up 75% in the first quarter of this year. And the forecasts are still showing that those numbers rise by a factor of 10 by the end of this decade. You know, that's compound growth of over 30% a year. Uh, So, you know, of all the cars in the world right now, less than 2% are actually electric. Um, And, you know, that obviously has a very, very, you know, long way to go. Uh, So that's one gap. Uh, The other big gap is just you know, which of these markets are really leading and which of them are lagging. And as you mentioned, you know, the growth has really been set uh, you know, by China. It's by far the biggest, you know, electric vehicle uh, market in, in the world. It's been followed by Europe. And, and the US is the sort of relative, is, is the relative laggard. Um, and interestingly, China is also building this whole EV supply chain to back up uh, those sales. I mean, it really dominates, for example, in, um, uh, in, in, in the battery sort of capacity uh, sort of industry. So definitely there's a sort of different speeds here, um, but the direction of travel is really clear. And, and I just think it's very interesting, you know, as we sort of look at these sort of EV stocks sort of coming down, which I think has a lot to do with sort of high valuations and rising bond yields, and a lot less to do with the underlying fundamentals, which actually, if anything, are, you know, getting stronger, we shouldn't lose sight of that, you know, underlying growth story, which, um, you know, remains very strong. And, and obviously, there's a number of ways to play, you can play it through the battery technology side, you can play it through the China uh, auto industry, um, but, you know, it's definitely a theme I think people want to, want to be looking at because, you know, underly scratch the surface and, you know, the growth rates just remain very, very strong. And when they have very good visibility, this is just c- going to continue for years to come. Yeah. I mean, I was out in uh, in France in Nice just on the weekend and was seeing quite a few electric cars and places to charge them up and had a, a few friends who rented electric cars and, and absolutely loved them. So it's not a surprise to see sales going in the right direction. Um, okay. Last up, last main subject for us today is going to be around the potential threat that uh, energy prices could could have on inflation falling from its potential peak. I mean, how do you see this at the moment? I mean, we have the the latest inflation number out of the states on Friday from the previous month, um, and of course, investors all over the world are going to be tuning in for that uh, one thirty UK time for those uh, that will be tuning in. Um, but but going forward, are these these potential rises that we're seeing for energy? Are they a worry for us all? 
So it's interesting we're talking about this. I mean, just talked about electric vehicles, right? Because ultimately, <laughs> you know, ultimately oil is doomed uh, in the very, very long term as we're all going to be driving electric vehicles. But in the short term, here and now, it, it's massively relevant, right? I mean, Brent oil prices have sort of crept back over $120 a barrel. Uh, but we've had new sanctions put on Russia by Europe. Um, you know, OPEC has added very little new supply back to the market. Uh, and, you know, going back to the first point, we have China, which is the biggest buyer of, of oil in the world. Sort of reopening uh, here, um, you know, all that has just really sort of tightened up the oil market and um, and driven prices high. So I think we're in this environment of high, maybe not higher, but certainly high for longer oil prices. And, and you know, this has a lot of ramifications. You know, one is um, I think inflation has peaked, but it may not come down as quickly as we would all like. Uh, partly because of this, um, we have this U.S. inflation report, you know, coming up, which I think will show that prices have peaked, but also that inflation is really not coming down as as, as quickly as, as as we would all as, as we would all like. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of work just on the historical context. I think one of the other interesting questions here is with prices this high, you know, why are we not in recession already? Hmm. Um, why have the impacts not been even bigger? Um, and, and I think the historical context is quite interesting. It basically shows over the last 20, 30 years, uh, for every sort of bit of GDP or bit of economic growth that we generate, we just use less and less energy. So we've been becoming much more energy efficient. Uh, and that's been led by Europe. So we read a lot about the sort of energy crisis in Europe and et cetera, et cetera. But we've managed to avoid a recession there because we've just become much more efficient. Now, obviously, bringing it back to the here and now, there's a limit to you know, how long that can continue. So you know, the higher the oil prices last and, and the longer this goes, the more these sort of recession risks sort of rise. Um, but right now, I think the impact is, is, is on inflation. It's basically a, you know, stickier inflation for longer. And we need to think about how to manage that in portfolios, um, you know, these inflation hedges, whether it's defensive equities or you know, commodities themselves. If, if inflation on, on Friday at the US, comes, I think the, the high for the year is 8.5, 8.3, the previous one. If it, if it comes in at 8.7, let's say, is that, is that chaos for markets, do you think? I think there's a risk of a little bit of reality check, right? I mean, we've been making the point that I do think markets are sort of building a bottom here. I do think yeah. we've priced a lot in. Uh, big picture, I think we've seen the, 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 the peak for, for inflation. I am a little bit nervous that markets are sort of rallying quite hard quite soon. Yeah. I think we've talked before, um, I don't think the Fed is going to be particularly happy mm. with financial conditions, you know, like equity markets, sort of loosening off this early when at best we have a peak in inflation rather than inflation sort of coming down a lot. So I'm very comfortable that we're sort of building a bottom. I'm a lot less comfortable that the conditions are in place, like yeah. lower inflation, for a sustainable rally here. Now, you know, I'll take building a bottom, right? That's the first step to an yeah. eventual rally. But I, I'm a little bit cautious that, um, um, you know, we may be rallying a little bit hard, a little bit too early. Yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, other things to keep an eye on this week for those that are listening today, uh, being Wednesday. Got ECB, ECB announcements tomorrow. You've got Chinese trade balance, Chinese inflation number, and of course that US inflation reading on the Friday. And then next week, things to look forward to. You've got UK GDP on Monday, UK jobs data on Tuesday, US PPI on the Tuesday as well. And then the Fed announcement uh, on the Wednesday with US retail sales also following that. And then Bank of England also on the Thursday. And then just to make it even easier for ourselves, we've got quadruple witching next Friday, Ben. So it's going to be a busy one uh, next week. And uh, Josh, if you're listening, you've got all of that to talk about. 
Uh, and I, I imagine with the last few weeks not involved in the markets, it's going to be a bit of a struggle to get your head around that. So hopefully we'll be able to help you out uh, a little bit. But Ben, it's been a, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Take care, guys, and have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>